Hello and welcome to The Two Dyspraxics. I'm Matthew Munson. And I'm Barbara Neal. So today we are talking about some of the jobs we've had. Um, so, over to you, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, well, I funny, the, the first, I was thinking about it the other day, because the first job I ever, ever, ever had when I was 16, and I, I genuinely don't think I was kind of confident already for job interviews or anything like that, because, you know, I was, a, I was very shy, I was quite introverted as a 16-year-old because of my dyspraxia, you know, it was very, it was very hard to kind of um, put myself out there. And, you, you know, it was maybe a little bit of nepotism because my mum worked at Waitrose, the local Waitrose, and, you, you know, they had a policy of, of you know, recruiting or making the recruit. I think the recruitment process was a little bit easier for family members. Right. So my mum worked there, so I got a Saturday job while I was doing my A-levels uh, at Waitrose. And I think that in itself kind of gave me a bit of a step up because I kind of I kind of coasted through that application process, you know, in a way that I didn't necessarily have to think about and stress about, <laughs> you know. Um, which I think if I had to interview in a, in a quite unquote normal way, I think my dyspraxia would have got in the way uh, right. a little bit. Something that really impresses me about that is the fact that you did your A levels at Waitrose. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had a very special, um, special uh, uh, job on that. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was really fortunate with my very first job. It was a a spare time job. It wasn't a Saturday job as such because I worked mm. at the cinema as an usherette. Oh, wow! And so it was brilliant. But um, back in those days, in our only cinema at the time was. Um, I think, was it? Yeah, I think the ABC had closed down. It was the Granada in mm. Maidstone. And um, so when I was working there, we had just one screen. It was a big old theatre and it had one screen. But then um, it was flooded in, 19, I think it was 1967 when it was flooded. So the um, stalls were completely closed. So when I worked there, we just had the circle and the one screen. So I saw... Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I don't know how many times. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a nice job. That was a really nice way to start my my working life. It, and you, I worked for a couple of evenings a week. And I remember that first pay packet. It was amazing because oh. I was able to go and buy a record to spend all my money on records. And, oh, I think I'll have some crisps and a drink, you know, yeah. and I can buy it with my own money. <laughs> And, and and you can do it because you think, well, I, this is mine. I've done that. I've 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 earned this. Yeah. You know, and and it, like, when you when you started working at you know that that delicate young age you were, did you find any difficulties because of your dyspraxia specific that you hadn't found? <laughs> oh, I <possible>? did. <laughs> oh. There's an incident actually that I recalled to my horror. Um, to this very day, because um, I don't know if you remember a time when usherettes used to also sell ice creams and snacks and things during um, the... Yes, yes, I do remember, actually, yeah. Well, I did that too. So I had an ice cream tray, and I remembered that the cinema steps, there was a pattern to them. They went long step, short step, long step, short step. Bearing in mind, I'm dyspraxic. I had an ice cream tray slung round my neck, 
And uh, I mean, that sounds uncomfortable, and it was. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I remembered the sequence because I had to go down the steps to the front of the auditorium to sell the ice creams and snacks and things and drinks. Right. And so I thought, okay, so it's short step first and then a long step. But what I hadn't taken into account was there were two short steps before that pattern started. So the inevitable happened. Oh, I no. Stairs, butter kissed and chalk ices going in all directions. And it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Oh. So, yes, dyspraxia reared its ugly head. <laughs> <laughs> it was, And I had to go up and down steps all the time as part of my job, you know, showing people to their seats. Mm. So I managed to do that. You know, there was no handrail, obviously. It was in the auditorium. So I managed to do that. I think... The reason I managed to do it is because I didn't know I was dyspraxic. <laughs> I think I think if I'd known, I probably would have panicked about it, and um, yeah, and that would have been worse for sure. Mm. So, so I kind of coped with it. it was difficult. It was difficult doing that, but um, but I just kind of got used to it, coped with it, got used to it. But the ice cream incident, mm, never, never forget that as long as I live. I don't think. It's funny, I think things like that you, you do remember, don't you? Those those moments, and of course now you know that it was uh, dyspraxia related, but it's just embarrassing in that moment, isn't it? You think, oh, God. It... Yeah, definitely. So how was your, how did you start work full-time? What was your first job? Um, I think, oh, God, what was it? So I, my first like, proper job was in uh, uh, libraries. I worked as a library assistant. Um, at our part time at Margate Library in 1999, when I was 18 years old, and um, and then I went full time at Broad, at Broadstairs Library, which was sort of the next town over. And do you know what? I loved it. I loved that job. You, know? you weren't tempted to stay there then. Yeah. Well. It's, do you know? What? I think I probably would have stayed there longer. There was. It was it was it's difficult because I loved ninety percent of the people. You, you you're never going to work anywhere where you, you get on with every single person. That's that's no criticism of most of the people. It's you know it's just that yeah. way it is. Yeah. But there was it was at the time when kind of the public sector was very much kind of getting into the world of technology. You know, um, and they were introducing public computers to the public libraries where people could come in and have a have time on the on the computers. Of course it was the early days, so the libraries were still were obviously were working out their own policies and what, what was going to work, what wasn't. And at the time they had no filters on the computers. So people were coming in and accessing Oh well everything on there. Yeah you know, 95% of people were fine. And uh, they were accessing you know emails and doing job searches and everything like that. They were just starting to move away from the from paper and on to the computers. Um, so, but you had these people who were searching things in the children's library on the children's PCs that were not right for public consumption. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and I'd raised this as a, well, not just myself, who had raised this as a concern. And I, I, I got a, I think I'd got a bit of a reputation at the time as being a little bit of a troublemaker not not because i was deliberately going out to make trouble but because i spoke up a few times against kind of people or situations that i didn't feel was right i can't stand bullying for example i can't stand situations where i think 
people are being treated unfairly, be that me or somebody else. And I, and I spoke up in situations where I felt management, a manager in particular had not acted correctly because I didn't think that was fair. So I already got that kind of, yeah, that, oh, it's Matthew again. So, you know, when I raise this as a concern, look, people are looking at this this awful stuff mm. in the children's library. Kids are around. You know, if I was a dad back then, I wouldn't want my child seeing that kind of stuff on a computer screen. Um, and, and it just caused a lot of conflict, unfortunately, uh, uh, at the end. Um, and, and I struggled to know how to... To, to resolve it and I just I just thought you know what? I can't do this anymore I, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this um I didn't think I'd get very far in terms of my career when I kind of was thought of like that um you know I wasn't doing it to be narky or nasty I was doing it because I was concerned about what was what was being yeah I'm um, it wasn't taken a bit more seriously to be <laughs> yeah yeah and, and I was and, so, and thankfully eventually it was because you know filters are put in place and people were were policing it more as as they should have been but by then I'd already gone and I just thought I can't I can't keep trying to fight these battles when when I'm being seen as being someone who's doing it for the wrong reasons and it, it, I, I didn't want to have to go to work to, to have conflict and continually fight yeah. Um, so I, I moved on, you know, from that, and that was that was a sad ending to a job that I probably wouldn't have been in for my life, but I probably would have been there a few more years. I right. think if I hadn't have had that conflict, I think. Uh, mm. It um, it brings to mind something about um, having um, inappropriate material on computers mm. because uh, one of my lads, I won't say which one, but one <laughs> of them, when um, they were showing the potential new students around the school that he was at. Um, he was very keen on computing, and um, so he was in the computer department helping out, you know, helping to show the youngsters around the new mm. intake. And uh, he said, <laughs> I was there at the time, actually, and um, he said to his, um, it was the technology teacher, and he said, sir, sir, there's porn on this computer. So I was aghast, and the teacher was aghast, and we went to have a look. And then someone had got the picture of a woman in a bikini. <laughs> so, so the teacher said, I don't think that's porn exactly. Hmm. <laughs> Blessing the innocence of youth. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, do, do you know what? I think all credit to him for kind of being worried enough for what he'd seen to actually want to say something about it. Absolutely. And being willing to speak up, you know. I, I, yeah, well, I'll, I'll credit him. <laughs> it, was, it was funny, but... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what about you, though? What was your... My very first job, when I left school... I left school at 15, first of all, without taking yeah. any O-levels or anything, mm. thanks to dyspraxia, obviously, because I didn't know I was dyspraxic then, and... Mm. Um, yeah, and the school just did not accommodate <laughs> accommodate a lot of me. Yeah, there was there was no recognition at all of support or anything. There was no recognition of dyspraxia, never mind any support for it. So um, yeah. I left school as soon as I possibly could, which meant um, because I had miraculously passed my 11 plus and went to a high school. And so my parents had to write a letter to the head mm. to give their permission for me to leave school and... Um, and the agreement was if I could find a job that they would agree for me to leave school. So right. I found a job, Toot Suite. I worked as a junior clerk for a transport company. 
And I was so green. It was unbelievable. You know, being <laughs> plunged into the world of work when I was so naive it was incredible. Um, that was at Marley Transport in Lenham. So I used to have to get the coach. I started work at 8.30 in the morning and yeah. I worked till five o'clock and I was paid five pounds a week. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no. Five quid a week? Five pounds a week, yeah, five pounds a week, 8.30 till five every day. At fi- and it's 15? Lunch. <laughs> That's just incredible. I find that hard to believe now. It doesn't feel as though... I could have been alive in those days when people were paid five of a week. That amazed me that actually, I suppose, and you saying back then, that was probably not, I would guess, normal. But yeah, you were 15 years old and you were working 8.30 to 5. That's Yeah, yeah, five days a week. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's just incredible. I mean, I haven't, I'm no, no good at maths. I'm rubbish at maths, in fact, but I haven't worked out how much that would be per hour, but it's not going to be very much, is it? God, no. Uh, yes. I have to get my calculator out later just to satisfy my curiosity. I can't do it now because I can't multitask to save my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know, it's interesting because that's when we think. So I, I started my Saturday job in 97. So this was before the minimum wage started. This was kind of like, you know, I think, it was, oh, yeah, so it was just at the start of the new Labour kind of um, uh, era. Yeah. The, the minimum wage hadn't hadn't come out then, so my first wage. I mean, obviously, I, I was earning more per hour than you earn in a week. Yeah. So without comparing the prices, um, yeah. so I earned two pound ninety six per hour. Um, back in ninety seven, and that, and I, you know, I was rich then. <laughs> I did ten hours on a Saturday, so that was that was mega money for me. Um, and then when, when the minimum wage came in, I went up to three pound twenty. Wow, because yeah, it was based on, on uh age, so I think I earned three pound twenty per hour. And my god, next to like 24 pence an hour, that was yeah, it, oh, 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 that was it. I was making life, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And um, well, I can remember, you know, this isn't to do with jobs specifically, but while I was working there, that's when decimal currency came in. And oh. um, so I can remember thinking, hmm, if I buy a whole load of Cadbury's flakes, I can sell them and make some money. <laughs> 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 Probably like half a P per flake or something. I, would, <laughs> I didn't actually do it, but it did cross my mind. <laughs> well, actually, that's not, that's not necessarily a bad idea. <laughs> what buy a whole load of flakes? I wouldn't do it now because I'm vegan, you know. Of course not. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. finally, <laughs> talking about jobs. This is this is literally the right time to be talking about this because my um, obviously my lad's ten, and you know it's, it's mm. far too young for him to be thinking about sort of Saturday jobs or anything like that. Although he has expressed an interest in making making more money, um, <laughs> shows the society we live in, maybe. Um, and I, I kind of I live in a block of flats. And the the sort of the landlord, the landlady, she she said uh, to another neighbour that they're looking for somebody just to do a couple hours gardening a month, just around the outside, a bit of weeding stuff like that, just twenty quid. So I said, "Oh, Brian will do it. Brian would love to do that. You know, twenty quid a month for you know a couple of hours, a bit of weeding, get some out in the in the fresh air and the sunshine and and all this." And I thought, and, and he he'll love it. You know, and it's not it's not a formal thing. It's just a bit of an informal way to get him out of the house, and he earns a bit of cash from it, and 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 he he'll be over the moon. 
Yeah. Because that's his spending money. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll probably put five pounds in your savings account and the other 15 he can, he can keep. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, I, I want him to maintain his innocence for as long as I can, but also show him how to work responsibly and ethically Yes. At the same time. Yeah. You, you know, because that, that's one thing that's always very important to me was, you know, I, I probably was guilty of this when I was younger, but, you, you know, when you're working with people and there's all the gossip and the um, and the backbiting and the and you people take sides. Oh. And I just think, I, I look back now at that and I, yeah, so I probably was as guilty as anyone from time to time, but I just think, God, that is so... It's demoralising. It is demoralising. It it really is. I can I can remember when I used to work. I used to work for Kent Police um, as a civilian worker, yeah. and and there was probably about I don't know about I'm probably getting to about thirty or thirty five people working in this team, and you know, there was a, a small group of them, uh, all female. It has to be said. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not making a comment about male versus female. I'm saying they're all female. Yeah. Or a certain age, unfortunately. So they it, they they li- they almost fit the stereotype of <laughs> the gossipy old woman. Do you know what I mean? And and I and I hate hate I hate tying into that stereotype because I hate stereotypes. It just happened in this case to be true, and they they were just the most horrible people. You know, because they you could tell they hated everyone, would criticise everything. You know, if there was a change, don't don't do change. You know, I'm not going to change. I'm I'm doing it this way. It's the way we've always done it. And it was just, I used to dread it. I used to dread having to deal with it. You know? I thought for all that stuff. I know it's a cliche, but it's very true. It, you know, yeah. I think um, as far as jobs are concerned, I mean, I won't go through my entire CV because there'd just be too many. <laughs> it's been a long time, a long haul. I mean, as you know, for the last, oh, how many years? 10, 11 years I've been self-employed as a hypnotist mm. and, um, and loved it, I have to say. But I think there comes a time when I really need to do something else and retiring was that something else. Mm. So I've retired, but I work four weeks. No, I don't. I work four <laughs> hours per week for the co-op as a, a member pioneer, which is working in the community and um, basically supporting local causes, which is really good and I love mm. it. I love that to bits, but um, I've had so many varied jobs over the years. I remember, um, yeah, I'm just going to go off a flight of fancy now, and <laughs> if you can go with that, I know it makes a change. But um, many years ago, I've worked in offices. I've worked in HMV in Oxford Street, which I loved because I love music. But um, there was one experience that um, a friend and I had when we were in our teens. We worked for a trade protection company. And um, this was in Maidstone, and mm. so nice and handy to where I lived. But we decided that there was a way that we could speed up production because what the job entailed, I mean, back in those days, we didn't have computers. We weren't working with computers. We had a card index system. Mm. And if somebody went to one of our members, which could have been, um, well, I remember Curries were there and banks, anyone who wanted to borrow money, anyone who lent money or hire purchase, could be one of our customers. Okay. And so their customers would go to them and they would contact us for a search to see if they had, had any county court judgments or um, anything like that against them before they would agree to lend them money. Right. And, um, so we used to write down, we had these 
things a sort of metal thing with like three copies of the thing that we wrote on. So then we'd just pull that out. Do you know? I can't remember what it was called, but we'd have somebody writing down what they would call a search, and then they'd have to tear those off, then go over if they wanted to check on the electoral roll to see if they were there. They'd go and do that, then go to the card index system, pull out the cards that had the information on, then go back to the phone and report back to the company. So my friend had said, well, hang on a second, we were thinking division of labour. So if we had one or two people writing down all the searches, hand them over to the next one who go to the electoral register and then hand um, that on to somebody else who would then do the search and then come back and give it back to the person on the phone. So we tried that, gave it a trial for a few days and doubled the number of searches that were done because mm. told our boss about that, you know, and uh, he was delighted with it. But he said, unfortunately, we can't adopt that method because there were people in the office who just wouldn't be able to keep up because the pace was so fast. So it was abandoned. Shortly <laughs> to that, my friend and I were made redundant and then we heard that our boss had implemented our system and taken all the credit from head office. No. Good. Not good. Yeah, that, that's what happened. And, that is um, shocking. It's disgusting, isn't it? But uh, if anyone tried a stunt like that on either of us now, they'd have a fight on their hands, I can tell you. But yeah, were teenagers. Right. And they got away with it. But I don't know if you found this, but certainly the, the maybe you've always been the same, I don't know. But certainly me as the person I will say in my late teens, early 20s, you know, I wouldn't have said boo to a goose in the same way that I would do now. Yes, I, 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 in my very first job when I was 18, I did challenge a few things and I felt confident enough to, but but not not as much as I probably would do if it was now. You, you yeah. know, if I see injustice now, I will speak up. You know, I'm 39 years old now. If I, you know, I will speak up, I will challenge, you know, and I won't take no for an answer because if it's injustice, it's injustice as far as I'm concerned in the workplace or wherever. If it's not fair, it's not fair. And I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to, be be kowtowed into into silence on that um and i i think that's probably an experience that comes with age and also the 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 lack of confidence i had when i was younger tied in with the fact that i was dyspraxic and i didn't want to speak out i didn't want to make a fuss because i was nervous about the outcome absolutely and yeah i agree with that a hundred percent because I was, believe it or not, very shy, very quiet when I was younger because my self-esteem was pretty low. And I think that was um, really down to dyspraxia, the experiences I had at school, you know, where I was labelled slow and mm. I couldn't keep up with my peers. And, oh, yeah, it was just awful. Everything was difficult, really, during my school year. So didn't do any wonders at all for my self-esteem. But as I've got older, I care a lot less about what people think. <laughs> Um, my confidence has grown and um, I think that started really because I thought okay well a bit of front you know I'll just be cheeky to someone and, and it's yeah. a lot of courage I think to muster that up but but then it becomes genuine confidence it seems you know you do that enough times you know just have a bit of brass neck now and again and um, yeah. and it's surprising how that can grow into genuine confidence yeah. we've digressed a tad haven't we yes yeah, sorry we have yes <laughs> Don't yeah, it's all right. What would you say was your favourite job? Oh, that's a difficult one because I've worked in care in the community 
a lot before mm. I'm self-employed. So, and loved it, really loved it. Some of the stories I could tell, actually, I, I was working mainly with people who had moved out of long-stay hospitals into the community. And um, the first time I did that was in the 1980s. And I was working in a group home with four residents Mm. And it was the Northwest Surrey Area Health Authority's flagship. So I joined at exactly the right time because it meant that if we needed anything, we'd just ask for it and the funding was there. <laughs> it was wow. Great. And uh, so that was fantastic. We worked with four amazing people and I'm still friends today with my colleague from then. We're great friends and have been for many, many years. And yeah. uh, But some of the things that happened were amazing, like... Um, there was one of the ladies who lived there and she was always, you know, if we went anywhere, we didn't tend to go out en masse very often, but when we did, you know, they because we've helped people to find their own interests and so they could, you know, like one joined the local darts team and things like that, you know. And uh, right. But when we did go out in a bunch, there was um, one of the ladies who was always lagging behind. So we go, hang on a second, hang on, Diane, come on. <laughs> Keep yeah. The first time we went to the pub, I swear, I said, Diane, slow down, wait for us. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was so things like that, you know, it was just some of the things that happened were so funny. And there was, um, I was helping, you see, we had to kind of tie our hands behind our backs a bit, not, not literally, obviously, but <laughs> metaphorically, so that we can talk people through um, the life skills that they needed to be as independent as possible. So making yeah. sandwiches. I was um, standing there in the kitchen with um, one of the, the chaps who lived there and talked him through making a sandwich, you know, okay, so what do you think you do next? You know, it was a bit like that. And he'd made, he'd got four, because he was making sandwiches for all four of the residents. And so he put the butter on, that was great, you know, on the slice of bread and then, he threw a, and he put the sandwich filling. I can't remember what it was, but he put that on top of the slices. And then he put one slice of bread on one of them, and that was it. He was done. So just, <laughs> just, just two slices of bread on one. The others just have one slice. So I thought, okay, well, I won't say to him, why haven't you put bread on the other three? Because that's like a massive clue. So I said to him, why is there another slice of bread on that one? And he said, because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was as good an answer <laughs> can't really argue from that yeah so I really loved that job it was fantastic and from there I, I went to work um, that was for social services after that because that was obviously a hospital um, setting you know which is not I was asked if I would take a nursing qualification but I said well no because this is the opposite of nursing you know we're encouraging people to become independent we're mm. not actually doing it for them so I went to social services after that and worked in a children's home where the children they all had learning difficulties and behave challenging behavior and that sort of thing and um but as they were all getting older so they were young adults when um I went to work there and mm. I worked with a group of teenagers you know hormones all over the place oh, and God. I loved it I loved it. It was a baptism of fire because um, there was one lad who used to just exert. You know, well, he was testing boundaries, really. So, so 
you could catch him in a bad mood and he was a shocker. He really, really? was deal with but then you know once he'd established okay that's how far I can go and there's you know you had to be very firm with laying down the boundaries with him but once we'd established that he was an absolute pussycat and I just loved working there that was fantastic so that's probably working in care in the community I imagine yeah probably was my favorite but then I loved working at HMV as well which at the time was the biggest record shop in the world so well, that's what it would have been then, yes, yes, I suppose it would be. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what we told customers. <laughs> 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 I'm sure it was. That was in the 70s when I worked there, so... Uh, well, because back, back then, of course, yeah, you know, music, well, it wasn't streamed. It's not like now you've got no. Spotify and all this stuff. It, you, you went out and you bought your records, your tapes. Exactly. I, 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 can, I can remember CDs being introduced. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Well, that was before, you know, when I worked there, it was before we had CDs. In fact, the top floor was dedicated to cassette tapes, which were at that time state of the art. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels like state of the art now. But Well, <laughs> well I, I remember, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you, I remember the old, um, now that's what I I call music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, compilations. I can remember in Woolworths, back in the late 80s, early 90s, you'd have the double cassette tapes because it was too much music to fit on one cassette tape so double cassette tape and then next to it on the shelf they'd also sell the cd um right from, and then eventually what one of the now that i've got music uh, uh compilations came out and it was just a cd they hadn't made a tape with it and it, i remember it caused uproar because everyone some people were like where's the tape i haven't got a cd player i need to tape and, and it was a huge huge uproar um yeah, you know, it's showing our age a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> you're showing your age. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just a bit more than half my age. <laughs> Don't forget. Oh yeah, but it was no. If 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 I was half your age, Barbara, you'd be eighty nearly. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I don't want that many years on me. Oh, you might, my, 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 I probably shouldn't say it's my, oh, my dad don't mind. Uh, my, my dad's 80, uh, uh, he's, uh, oh no, he's, I've oh, got to think for a minute there. He's 80, and, and I, I, I take great pleasure in telling him that at every opportunity. Oh, right. My mum's 85, bless her, and she's still doing really well. Wow. Um, That's brilliant. Oh, right. your mum's awesome, though. But back to job because we're in danger of going off at a complete. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Just for a change. Just for a change. Um, what would you say was your favourite job? Oh, um, oh God. Um, that's a thought. See, I mean, I work for a children's charity now, and I've, I've worked for them and and the fostering side for the last, what, three and a half, maybe four years or so. Um, and that's, I've loved that. You know, I don't work directly with the children, to be fair. I do, I'll do, you know, um, I did communications now, and before that, I was the administrator for fostering, and that was that was really interesting. Uh, I, I, I've learned a lot in in the last four years from from that. Um, I think, and I think also before that, I, I used to work for well, few before that, I used to work for local, local government. You know, yeah. I worked seven years in 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 local council. I started off working for one local council, and then you know, this is when the the austerity measure started to hit. And then three local councils sort of merged together, um, and so I, I get with sort of partnerships and 
community service, etc., over three sort of the whole southeast coast. That was that was really interesting. I really loved that. Um, I felt like my brain was really engaged. I get to, I got to meet a lot of different community groups. Um, you know, I got to I got to support the public and what they were doing. Um, you know, I was out there. I was helping people. Um, I, I learned so much from that job. You, you know, I, I, I've not been, I'm not being arrogant when I say this, and please believe me, I'm not. But I feel like it made me a, a better employee and actually, in some ways, a better person because actually, I was learning more about my neighbourhood, you know, my, my local community, uh, and I felt like I was one part, one cog in a wheel of actually just making it nicer, nice place to live. Um, it's fantastic, isn't it? To do, yes. I think, because we're both basically humanitarians, it suits yes. really well. Yeah. Uh, I've just noticed how much time we've spent talking about this, but um, oh God, yeah. if, can I just quickly add? Mm. I also worked in a bookshop for a while in Asia, <sighs> and I have it was fabulous. I loved it. I'm jealous. But but I can tell you just one anecdote from those days when um, an Australian customer came in and one of my colleagues served him the book he wanted. We didn't have in stock, so she had to order it. So she said, "Could I have the author's name, please?" And he said. Emma Chiswick. So she's writing down Emma Chiswick. So he said, no, no, Emma Chiswick, Emma Chiswick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, uh, I suppose, we ought to end on that happy note. <laughs> That's a good place to end. <laughs> so it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from her. Bye. Bye.